Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with a little bit of music while we allow people to get settled and for people to join us online. Our music is going to be Let It Rise by uh, Dietrich Haddon and uh, at Place for Life. That's what it says here. D Dietrich Haddon at Place for Life. Let it rise. So here we go. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Amen. Time waits for no man. <laughs> Amen. Ooh. Thank you for being here this morning. How's the weather where you are right now? Amen. It's a pretty familiar song for our church. Amen. Amen. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Lisa, good morning. Thanks for being here. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here, everybody. Busy day today. Good morning, Dad. <laughs> Amen. We wish we had the weather you have right now. Let's put it that way. Bev, good morning. Appreciate you being here. Temperature here is a nice, crisp... 24, 25 degrees. Pretty sure that's what it is. Well, it says 30 in Akron. We'll have to see. I don't know. It doesn't feel like 30. We'll see. Greg, good morning. Thanks for being here. Sure, Heather, go ahead and share a prayer request. Just type it in the notes. We'll uh, make a note of it. Good morning to you as well. Let it 
Hope all is well with you, Heather. Let it rise. Oh, okay. All right, we will pray about that. Absolutely. We'll do that as soon as the music is done, too, just so I don't forget to do it. Roscoe, good morning. Appreciate you being here this morning, everybody. Amen. We have a few people online today because it's cold outside. I know what's going on. <laughs> That's for sure. I know that. Amen. That was Let It Rise by the uh, by Dietrich Haddon, and he was at Place for Life, uh, which is, I guess is a church. Uh, but we thank, uh, thank you again, uh, music team, Arlen, for the music in the morning to help us to get started. We're going to pray right now because uh, Heather dropped us a note online that she has a painful abscess in her ear, and it's going to be flying on Friday, so that's going to be a very interesting thing. So we're going to just pray right now for her before we get started with a normal uh, process here and make sure that we lift her up in prayer uh, for the Lord to immediately start healing. Amen. So can it, I don't know if you guys can hear me or not. Maybe you can. I don't know. But uh, maybe it's just my voice. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, pray for Heather right now for that purpose. Amen. Father, we uh, lift Heather Abernathy up to you right now. Lord, we pray now that you just touch her body and touch specifically her ear where there is an abscess and Lord it is very painful and Lord we are giving that to you right now that you will provide relief for her that she will indeed feel relief that she will experience your healing your healing touch knowing that she has to get on a plane uh, in uh, a few days and knowing that that's going to be a very difficult thing to have to bear with and deal with so we pray Lord now that you'll give her relief that you'll touch her body Touch her heart as well too, Lord. Give her peace and comfort, knowing that you are always are present. You never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you for your healing touch, your healing power right now. And let us have the mind to remember to continue to pray for you all through the week until you get on that plane. Uh, Heather gets on that plane. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. And uh, thanks for sharing that, Heather. We appreciate you letting us know. We always want to take prayer requests if we have them uh, and make sure that we are 
taking care of those matters that are very important to all of us. Um, let's make sure that we also do our announcements for today as well, too. Um, later on, here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline, um, we will have a message uh, online available for review for those of you who are not coming to church. A Spiritual Journey, uh, the Trinity. That's the net name of the message. Uh, for those who are here with me in the audience, uh, that message will be presented, of course, uh, uh, after 11 o'clock today. But we appreciate you being here nonetheless. If you, if you can't make it here, then you can st- stop by online and just join us, and you'll get a message there as well, too. And we appreciate um, knowing that the weather today is a little bit colder. It's not too bad out. I mean, I have to keep it in perspective. It's not great. Um, but uh, when you're driving, just be very careful when you're out and make sure that you're uh, conscious of other things that are going on. If you've got bald tires right now, it's not a good idea to drive on those. You really need to get those replaced. A lot of people are, are driving with bald tires, and that's not a good thing. So just be safe out there on the road. Um, please uh, also remember your tithes and offerings. We uh, welcome your praise in giving, and we appreciate your praying about that. We are very thankful to... Uh, have a church of people who are very faithful and want to give, and we want to make sure that we're doing our part to make sure we're uh, helping to contribute to the church because we got to build, pay bills. Uh, I know we got some stuff coming up for some expenses that are not going to be very pleasant, but uh, we want to pray about our giving as well, too, and make sure that we're doing what we can to keep things moving and operating. And we also want to have the benevolent factor take place as well, too, for our church. In case someone's of need, we want to be able to be prepared to give if we can. So please pray about your contribution as well, too. If you are mailing your contribution or your tithe or offering to a church, mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And we appreciate you doing that as well, too. Okay. We are going to now get into Sunday school. It's going to be very interesting because this is actually... Uh, kind of a continuation of what we did last week. We kind of uh, isolated the verses in John chapter 6. We're covering verses 51 through 59. Um, it it just can't be left out. And I'm just going to pray, too, that as I present this material, and I've gone over this a few times, that I don't leave anything out that the Spirit doesn't want me to leave out. And I want to make sure that I'm conveying what needs to be said here. But it's a very important teaching And it does take some time and some thought in this particular section of the passage to make sure that we are covering this as accurately as possible and making sure that I'm giving enough information to you to make sure that you contemplate what is being said here as well, too. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, A teacher, I'm learning, too, just like you are, honestly. When I look at something like this and look at the topic and the material Uh, that we're going to be looking at, I have to kind of just take it in myself and just learn what's being said. And it's important for us to see that the the message here is, there's a continual message here about bread and eating. And that's because that's essentially what the audience can relate to based upon the miracle that Jesus had performed not too long. far back here previously when he was feeding the 5,000 plus individuals with bread and fish. But food is is essentially the element of what we're referring to here. But now we're taking it a few steps further and now going further into the comparison that Jesus is making about 
what his role is uh, in this whole picture and how we are to view him. And hopefully this will be helpful to you if someone comes and asks this question. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit more about cannibalism. Uh, you know, this is not about cannibalism. And so we want to make sure that's very clear, too, as we go through the study. But let's go ahead and pray now that the Spirit speaks. Amen. Father, thank you again for this time that you give, give to us to seek you, Lord, as we gain understanding of your word. We thank you, Lord, and give you praise for your very presence this morning. Lord, we don't take for granted that you provide safety to us, safety in travel, safety in movement. Lord, you give us what we need to be able to move about day by day. Lord, we want to be useful to you, uh, for you in, in your kingdom. We want to be useful. We want to have greater understanding of what the word says. And Lord, thank you for your patience as we try to learn and decipher and determine what exactly you're trying to say to us. Lord, give us this, continue to overshadow us with your presence this morning. Teach us as we go along. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 51 and read down to verse 59. That's a good pickup point from where we were last time. John chapter 6, verses 51 through 59. And just a brief reminder, too, uh, there will not be Sunday school next week. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I covered this this week so that we can move into the study. Uh, believe it or not, as we get to January, uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Um, but uh, that there is a, a week off from Sunday school because it's Christmas Day, but... We are going to stay in the Word regardless, amen. It doesn't matter what day it is. That's the whole idea. Um, oh, and we will have church next Sunday as well, too, at 11 o'clock. Uh, just so you, that announcement will probably be made today, but we will have church at 11 o'clock next Sunday. Okay, let's start with John chapter 6, verses 51 through 59. It says in verse 51, and this is Jesus speaking, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread, which I will offer so the world, world may live, is my flesh. Uh, here we go. We're going into the word flesh, so let's keep that in mind. Then verse 52. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. Verse 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. Verse 54, but anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Verse 56, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me in the same way Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Okay, that's John chapter 6, verses 51 through 59. And if you read this on the surface for what the words say, it's going to be very confusing. It's going to be very, very tough to understand. But what you have to understand is the audience 
that Jesus is speaking to. He's speaking to a group of people who are questioning him, who really don't believe he has any capability. He's not the Messiah, even though evidence is being provided that he indeed is the Messiah. So he's speaking to an audience of people who are not really believers in him. They don't trust him. They think he's a false prophet or whatever he is. So let's start there. You need to know who the audience is. And, and understand that I've gone over this several times and I'm just going to thank the Lord for inspiration as we go because it's important for us to understand the context of what's being said here. We always want to take context into play when it comes to Scripture. He's saying truth here, but he's also speaking to an audience of skeptics. And what uh, F.B. Meyer even points out when he's looking at the, we're looking at these illustrations about bread and eating and flesh, I underlined something that was really important here. Metaphor has to be heaped on metaphor. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's using descriptions of words that mean something totally different from what the original interpretation would be. And that's what he's doing here. And if you go further in John chapter 6, towards the end, verses 60 through 71, you're going to find that even some of the people who believed in him struggled with what he was saying here because they didn't quite understand it. And there would be followers that he would lose after this as well, too, because they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. But we, because we have the Spirit, have the ability to understand exactly what he's saying. So we're following again the use of metaphors, referring to eating and the blood being, you know, something to drink. Amen. And the flesh, because all these people could really relate to is the fact that, okay, you fed us, but are you really this person you're saying you are? And people didn't realize and recognize that Jesus was the one that made that happen. So let's go back to the top here and understand that he mentions here in the passage about manna and bread because, of course, historically, the, the Israelites can remember the issue about being fed manna from heaven, uh, which was that essentially that bread or that food necessary to go day after day when they didn't have anything. And remembering that they attributed Moses to feeding them with this manna, but it was not Moses. So you see where their belief is? They have no idea what they're referring to or what they're speaking of. They know historically what happened, but they would much rather give Moses credit for that manna from heaven than God giving that manna from heaven. So you see the hearts of the individuals involved here. That's really, really difficult for us to, well... It's not difficult for me, I suppose, after looking at it several times, but Satan is very busy when it comes to limiting the understanding of what God is saying. He's very busy today. He does not want people to have understanding of who Jesus is. And even if people do have an understanding of who Jesus is, he doesn't want you to trust it. He doesn't want you to stay with it. He wants to distract you. I, I heard a statement this morning. Uh, Dr. Michael Youssef was on today and preaching, and he mentioned something about how, you know, most couples, like husbands and wives, have arguments, right? 
he calls them reasonable discussions <laughs> because you don't want to have you don't want to ever use a harsh language or anything like that. But if there's a disagreement in a marriage, for example, guess who's lurking to make things worse and compound upon them? Satan is. Satan. Satan doesn't want you to have a healthy relationship in a marriage. And so little dumb things come up that make people do things that unfortunately will harm a relationship between husband and wife rather than help it. Satan is very busy. He looks for every opportunity to cause difficulty and destruction. And in this particular situation here, Satan is going to be very busy making sure that people have a lack of understanding of what Jesus is teaching, even though Jesus is teaching truth. But he's teaching those, those who happen to hear this message will understand exactly what he's saying. So let's get into it a little bit further. And understand what else he's saying here about describing not just flesh and blood for the sake of the physicality of flesh and blood, we all have bodies of flesh. We have hearts. Hopefully they're not hardened, but hearts of flesh. But what flesh are we really referring to? We're referring to flesh that has more to do with the soul life of a person. Jesus is going to give his life for the world. Jesus is giving his life. What he wants us to understand here is not about physical eating and drinking, but understanding that unless you take on the flesh when he died on the cross and was raised again, unless you take on the fact that he shed his blood for the repentance of sin, you won't have eternal life. You have to take that on. You have to understand what he did for us. He had to die for us. His flesh in the living was meaningless. It was the flesh when he died, the blood that he shed, that's what mattered. That's what he's trying to convey to us here. Go back to verse 54. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. Eats his flesh, drinks his blood. Now understand something. That's a physical thing that you kind of have to do, but it's really mental. You have to have in your mind the idea that Jesus died on the cross for us, shed his blood, shed his flesh. Remember how his flesh was ripped from him as he was being beaten? Those things had to take place for our sake. For our sake. Those of you who remember watching the movie, The Passion of the Christ, a very vivid description of what happened to Jesus. A very vivid picture. It's a description. You, you knew what you saw, right? You saw exactly what happened. He gave his body. He literally did give his body for us. And those are images we'll never forget. For those of us who saw that movie, it's like one of those things that's like printed on your brain. You don't want to think about it. But you have to understand, he knew exactly what he had to do. He knew what he was going to go through. He had to shed his blood. He had to give him himself, his flesh, in death. 
Back to verse 55. What does it say? For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Now, remember, we're making the comparison about the manna from heaven, the bread from the feeding. People look at things materialistically and talk about, well, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I need to eat something to get sustenance, right? He's going much more beyond that. Well beyond that. Because it's not about physical feeding, it's about spiritual feeding. It's about spiritual feeding. Understanding exactly what Jesus is doing. And then verse 56, Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Flesh is that which has passed through death. When we die, what's left? There's a shell. There is a body, there's flesh that has to be attended to. Jesus is telling us flesh had to be passed through death. But we don't dwell specifically on the death of Jesus if we're believers because we have to also take into account what happened to that flesh three days later. It rose again. Amen? That's really important for us to remember too. He rose again. He came again. And we don't dwell on his death. We know that it's there. And we have Good Friday services. What do we talk about? The death of Jesus. The death of Jesus on the cross. What he did for us. But Easter is about life. He rose. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And that's what we have to recognize too. He was had risen. He has ascended. He died for our sins. God exalted him to his right hand so that that's where we should always camp out at the end of the day. But remember who he's speaking to. He's speaking to people who really don't want to hear truth even though he is speaking truth. And may we understand that as we go along here too. And... That verse 56, anyone who eats his flesh, eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Remains in me and I in him. And let's take a look at Leviticus 17, chapter, uh, Le Leviticus chapter 17, verses 10 and 11. Leviticus. Now, you have to understand that we're speaking to people who are relatively intelligent and they know what the word says. And when we're talking about, in my Bible, this actually refers to forbidden sacrifices. Leviticus 17, verses 10 and 11. And it says, eating blood and carcasses is prohibited. That's what it's referring to as a heading in my Bible, right over this passage. Anyone, Leviticus 17, verses 10 and 11. Anyone from the house of Israel or from the aliens who reside among them who eats any blood, I will turn against that person who eats blood and cut him off from his people. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed it for you to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives, since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. Now what he said here, what is said being said here in this passage is very important for us to see. Did you catch verse eleven? about the atonement, what was the provision? Look at verse 11 again. 
Look very carefully at this. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives, since it is the life blood that makes atonement. Who is our life blood? Jesus Christ. He is our atonement. He is our one-time-for-all-time sacrifice. Remember what they used to do? They used to sacrifice animals, firstborn animals, whatever the provision was that the priest had to follow, that's what he did. But now what you're seeing is that Jesus is making a connection. He doesn't want you just arbitrarily eating blood. He doesn't want you to be a cannibal. Amen? He doesn't want you to just take things and do things that were forbidden. But he wants you to understand here that there is life in the blood. He is saying that very clearly. And he's making a connection for you to see now here about what Jesus did for us. So when we go back to verse 56, you can see what God is trying to speak to us about through the Spirit as to the role of Jesus Christ. Eating flesh, flesh and blood, excuse me, sounded cannibalistic. And of course it is. The idea of drinking any blood, let alone human blood, was repugnant to the religious leaders because that's what the law said. The law forbade it. That's what we just read in Leviticus 17. But Jesus was not talking about literal blood in this instance. He was not talking about it that way. He was speaking uh, about the life that he had to give but they couldn't understand the concept. And, like I said, if Satan's going to try to confuse you, he'll confuse you for all it's worth. He doesn't want you to have understanding. And we need to see something about how, in other parts of the Gospel, Paul used body and blood imagery. Amen? Uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11. Let's find verses 23. Now, you're going to understand this. What is this section about? This is about what? Communion. This is actually a reference to communion and what uh, Paul is describing here about the Lord's Supper. Verse 23. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it. There's that bread again. Broke it and said, This is my body. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim what? The Lord's death. The flesh 
the imagery here we should see is that you are actually proclaiming his death, but we know that he rose again. We know that he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and we know that he is coming again a second time. When we have the Lord's Supper, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. It's solemn. And what are we supposed to do when we take part in this remembrance of him? We should be repenting of sin when we're contemplating in prayer before we receive the elements. And they're just elements. They're, you know, it's a wafer. It's a, the bread signify, we use a wafer as symbolism for bread. And we use grape juice as symbolism for the blood. But what are we doing though? We're still honoring, recognizing the Lord's death for us. So we're to always have a heart of repentance. Always have a heart of humility when we take part in communion. Recognizing what it is. We're not physically eating flesh. We're not physically drinking blood, of course. But there is symbolism in it. And that's what we have to recognize here. And we see that this imagery, this description of what Jesus did for us is in different parts of Scripture. But sometimes we just blow by it. Sometimes we just get stuck on this particular passage here. We're talking about eating flesh and drinking blood. But you've got to understand that Jesus is talking about a spiritual renewal that takes place. Because you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Go back to verse 57. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. Feeds on me. Do we have to stay in tune with Jesus at all times? What do you think this feeding really is that we're talking about? It's staying in his word. It's staying in prayer. It's staying in fellowship with him. You know, our salvation was not a one and done. We continue to live and grow in Jesus every day. We have to stay. We have to be continually fed. We need continual feeding. We need continual nourishment spiritually. The comparison, the best comparison I can come up with is that we eat food every day because we have to have food. We have to have sustenance. We have to take in proteins. We have to have certain things for our body to operate at a functional level. You can't just eat one day and not eat any other day and think that that's going to sustain you. Well, in the same manner, guess what we have to do every day? We've got to be in the Word every day. We need to receive Jesus' teaching every day. Why? Because Satan is attacking us early and often every day. If you don't go in the Word, guess what's going to happen? You are, Satan's ready to run you over. Amen? He will run you over. You have to stay girded up. You have to stay prayed up. You have to stay in the Word each day. 
And that's the reminder that we have. We have to follow His truth. Jesus said, even as He was being tempted in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, man does not live by, not only by the words of God, but by God Himself. The Word of God. I want to say that correctly. You don't live by bread alone, but by the words of God. Thank you for correcting myself, Lord. (laughs) We are called to have the same attitude and dependence that Jesus exercised as he yielded in obedience to the Father. We too have to be obedient to the Father. It's a requirement for all of us if we expect to be able to serve the Lord in the way that He calls us to. All of us have a calling to serve the Lord in different ways. All of us have a purpose. And in order to fulfill that purpose, guess what we have to do? We need to be prayerful and stay in the Word every day. Bible's open. Electronic devices open, reading, studying, comparing notes, gaining understanding. All of these things need to be taking place with us at all times. So we need to see what this flesh and blood truly represent. Verse 57 again, I, am, I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. God sent us too. You were chosen. He sent you too. I don't know if you look at it that way, but he does. He did. He sent you too. We all have a purpose. Let's look at verse 58. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Here we go. Anyone who eats this bread and and will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. Now, what's the difference? The difference here, the manna was for what? Day-to-day sustenance. They had what they needed physically to live and move about until such time they could get real food. But the manna is not the same comparison because it's not flesh. But he's saying, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, but will live forever. Communion is a reminder that we do once a month to remind us of the flesh that Jesus shed for us. The blood that he shed for us. And it really hit me when I read the description once again in 1 Corinthians 11. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. He had to die on the cross for us. Without His death in the manner described, where would we be? 
What if by some weird circumstance, remember, remember Jesus was in the flesh, he was really struggling with this. Where would we be if he just said, I'm not going to go to the cross? Well, here's a hint. We wouldn't be anywhere. We would be in trouble. We have to look to the cross to recognize what God did for us. How much He loves us. We don't dwell on the death of Jesus. We dwell on and we remember that He's alive. I think that the people here in this passage that are being, they have no clue about what's being said because they don't, Satan's not giving them that information. It's not being made clear. Even some of his disciples were going to struggle with this. Several times Jesus said he would have to go and leave and then you know, he would eventually be risen after three days. They didn't know what he was saying. Not in totality. They didn't get it because it hadn't happened yet. Well, it's happened for us. And we recognize that Jesus did rise. That's what we celebrate. That's why we sing praises in church. He is a risen Lord. You won't celebrate the same way if somebody dies and then they stay dead. Amen? We go to a funeral. We honor that person's life. We might have our own thoughts about where that person is, but only Lord, the Lord really knows that at the end of the day. But that funeral is, once it's over, it's over. It's done. And that's a tough thing. It reminds me of my, my mother-in-law. Yeah. Today's an anniversary day. She passed away on the 18th of December last year. And we had our funeral for her and we had our service for her and went through that process. It's a very solemn process, of course. And the wonderful thing about it is that you always had the memories of the time you spent with her. Always have that. But once that funeral is over, it's over. But we're not speaking about Jesus in the same terms, are we? A risen Lord, a risen Savior, who died for us, is what we celebrate, is why we give Him praise. It's why we understand that He indeed is our intercessor for us. Satan is our accuser. But he intercedes for us. He gave of himself for us to overcome death for us. So when we do die, we will have fellowship with him if we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. This sounds like a solemn thing, and it is. But I'm very thankful we have a risen Lord. And I'm very thankful that Anna is with the Lord. That's important. May we always remember how much God loves us and what He did for us. He did so much. He is worthy of our praise.
because of how much he loves us. He is worthy of our thanks. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful that you indeed love us the way you do. And when you speak of flesh and blood, we recognize that it has everything to do with us having fellowship with you, being present with you. We thank you, Lord, for how much you love us, care for us. Give us greater understanding as we go. Continue to teach us. Gird us up. Build us up. Strengthen us. Lord, we know that we have an accuser against us. And you're aware of it too because you have to intercede for us before the Father. And you do so, Lord, because you love us. Thank you for that love. Thank you for that care. Thank you for that concern. Thank you, Lord, for loving us far beyond what we can even understand at times. We just thank you, Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. We appreciate you being here today. Uh, please stay tuned online for the message, A Spiritual Journey, the Trinity. It's in the timeline. You guys take care of yourselves. God bless you. We'll see you in two weeks, and that'll be next time. Take care.